Welcome to the OC Endurance Podcast. My name is Chris, and this is episode one of a brand new podcast. I'm a co-host along with two buddies, Austin and Tony, and uh, not sure where this is going to lead, but uh, excited to get together and chat with these guys. We're looking forward to uh, having some guests on and really just uh, shooting the shit for an hour each week and talking triathlon and endurance. So welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us, man. This is great. Um... I'm pretty excited to uh, talk to you guys for an hour and have nobody listen. Uh, so that's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll see. We'll see. Well, hopefully we'll have one listener. Well, the goal for the show, I'll at least introduce, uh, we were talking about what OC endurance means. And for us uh, locally here in Orange County, it means Orange County Endurance. And it's a community that we started. But uh, as far as the show goes, it's not necessarily Orange County focused. It's really just focused on uh, triathlon and endurance and running, just all things around endurance. So um, we just always are sharing. We have a Discord channel that all of our local community shares in, and we're talking about uh, things from races to equipment to uh, training, and uh, just figured we'd bring that to a wider audience and share some of the the knowledge that guys like Austin and, and Tony have. So why don't I kick it over to you, Tony, and let you talk a little bit about yourself, kind of background, how you got into triathlon, when you first did your tri- first triathlon, all that yeah. fun stuff. So, um yeah, my name is Tony. I've uh, been doing triathlon now for about uh, about 10 years. And um, oddly enough, I, I mean, I was at work and this was back before any social media. And, uh, you know, I got one of those chain mails and and opened it up and it was uh, Rick and Dick Hoyt. And they were doing Ironman Kona. And um, I thought that was so cool. And, and their story was just amazing. And I thought, well, you know, one day I, I want to do that. I want to do an Ironman. And you know, if he could, if he could do this with his son on his back and pulling and, and pushing and running. And I was like, I, I, I got to be able to do that at some point. So I was like, all right, by, by 35, I'm going to do an Ironman and, um, you know, just work and, and life got away from me a little bit. And finally, by the age of, you know, 32, I was like, I better go on this journey. If I want to do this by 35, like I said, I was, <laughs> um, and yeah, just really just uh, started grinding and, um, Started in 2012 with like a reverse sprint here locally at the race in the base. That was my first triathlon ever. Um, and uh, then I did a local uh, sprint. And later on that year, I signed up for my first 70.3. And I did three 70.3s that year. And then the next year, I did my my first uh, full Ironman, which was Mont Blanc up in uh, Quebec. Oh man, what a race. Just beautiful. I, I really wanted something scenic and memorable. Um, I know locally it's really popular to do the one and done up in IMAS. Everybody just goes over. It's, it's local, it's close, it's flat. And um, I was like, no, nah, I, I, I want something epic. You know, if this is going to be my one and only, I didn't know at the time I was going to get sucked in. But if this is going to be one of my one and only, I want it to be really memorable. So um, yeah, made a made a whole uh, little two week vacation out of that. And uh, completed that at the age of 34. So I made my 35, uh, goal and, uh, that's what uh, got me in here. And now you've come quite away from just finishing an Ironman. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been quite the journey. I think that that first one, uh, God, it was probably like, like 12 and a half hours, something like that. You know, I, my whole goal was just to, you know, I, I went into it and I was like, I just want to survive the run. I never really, um, I was a runner growing up, but I just wanted to, uh, 
get through that that first one. Um, I never really trained my run as I was going through, and, and, and oddly enough, you know, training for Ironman, I was just you know happy to get through it. And if I didn't walk, it was success. Um, I think I ran. I'll call it uh, like a like a four forty five, four fifty, something like that. You know, um, for our first win, I thought that was great because my my uh, marathon open my open marathon PR at that time was probably like a four ten, four eleven, because I just wow. never really trained for it. So um, yeah, so it's it's been quite the journey. Yeah, I have uh, yet to go real far under sub five in an Ironman, uh, run full distance. I, but I haven't done one in over 10 years. So I did four, uh, Arizona was my third and fourth. So it wasn't my first, uh, Arizona didn't exist when I started actually, but, um, yeah. So, but you said race on the base and that that's a bummer that that race is gone now. That was a reverse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was a reverse, uh, here locally in Los Alamitos. Um, and, uh, yeah, COVID killed that race. Um, they haven't brought it back and mm. now they just called it race low. So actually, you know, I think I got an email on it actually this morning, uh, that, that they're doing the 5k, 10k again, but the, they're no longer on the base and, um, and there's no more triathlon. So that was nearly, I think that went for nearly 30 years. So yeah, it was a long time. Yeah. So I, I, I was going and it was reverse. It was reverse. Yeah. So like you, you swam yeah. in the, in their the aquatic pool and it was a, a 200, 200 meter swim. So you swam like a little serpentine. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just flat and fast, um, and really enjoyable, you know, really brought out like the local community. Um, and I always try and support those like smaller local races cause you know, there's just not many of them left anymore. And, and so that was when I always kept on my list. And I, I was, I was doing it every year. So I think I had done that, I think probably nine, nine times, something like that before it finally died. So, um, yeah, no, disappointing. Yeah, it's funny. I was just putting together an article or so last week for our website and searching for Orange County triathlons. And, you know, when I quit doing kind of sprints and Olympics was probably 12 years ago or more, right? 2007 is when I did my first Ironman. So 2005 to 2007, I was doing the the local San Diego, Orange County, LA. But in Orange County, we had uh, a more significant amount of triathlons back then. Uh, there were a bunch of um, Orange County races. You know, the dunes still existed, but there were just more. And uh, to go now, and I actually was trying to put together a list of Orange County triathlons, and there's only like four, really. You know, there there aren't that many true Orange County triathlons left. You know, San Dimas stuff in Benelli, that's not really in Orange County. Mm. Um, you know, so in real orange County. There's, there's not that many, you've got a bunch of San Diego. So, uh, hopefully what we're doing with the community, maybe we can even spur some, uh, more events to come back to orange County. For sure. You, you would think that, it, I mean, San Diego is like the heart. That's where, that's where triathlon really started. Right. But OC is right. such a big community here locally. You would think it would just be, you know, exploding, but it's, it's, it's crazy how hard it is to try and find something when you, when you really want to race. Yeah. Which is the whole kind of idea behind OC endurance, right? Is back in the day in 2007, uh, 2005, I remember joining the Orange County Triathlon Club and we met up in the water district near Santiago Canyon and they had their monthly meetings and, you know, it was a, an actual triathlon club here in Orange County. And that is 
pretty much been gone for a very long time. I know there's some sparse things that still exist here and there, maybe on Strava or uh, Facebook, but I mean, their website is pretty much gone. So for the longest time, as I started getting back into uh, Ironman and triathlon, which was back in 2019, I took a 10 year break when I had kids. I noticed that uh, there was no club. That was one of the very first things I did was go search Orange County Triathlon Club. And there just, there wasn't. And it's interesting how they've kind of gone from these clubs, bigger clubs to lots of small clubs, which are really based around coaching. So like every coach almost has their own tri club and their own brand and which has really grown, which is really cool because it allows them to kind of brand themselves and, and kind of take their athletes and make them part of a club, which is really neat, which is really the reason behind with OC endurance, we didn't create a club, right? We created a community mm -hmm. and the goal, just bringing all those clubs together so that we're not competing with local run clubs and local tri clubs. And we can bring coaches from all different types of clubs and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, it's interesting to see how that has changed being gone for 10 years and then coming back a few years ago. Now you, I'm not done with you yet, Tony, you, <laughs> how many Ironmans do you even know how many Ironmans you've done? Oh, for sure. It's, it's easy. I've, I've only right. done three. So, uh, <laughs> Montre Blanc was, was my first, that was, uh, All right. what, 2016. And then, um, from there, just, took a hiatus for a bit and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And, um, I knew I wanted to, to, to obviously, you know, uh, go to Kona. That was always the goal when I first started. And, um, I just didn't know when I wanted to make that life investment for, uh, for trading. I knew what it was going to take. Definitely. Um, and I, I, I had to have full buy-in for it. So, uh, it took a while to make that commitment. Um, but then I saw Ironman Alaska pop up on the calendar and get announced. And I was like, that's another just epic location. I have to do it. Um, and I thought, all right, well, there, there's my, there's my first shot to, to see if I can KQ and, um, and punch that ticket. So, um, yeah. So Alaska was then my second and was able to, uh, what was it? Fourth in my age group. Um, 10th overall, which I was really happy with the 10th overall, but yeah, there was just pretty a awesome. bunch of fast old guys there, I guess. Right. So I got <laughs> fourth, but, um, you know, I didn't want to roll down. I, I, I wanted to feel like I, I earned the slot. It didn't fall to me. I didn't get lucky because somebody already had their slot or something, you know, like I, that was just something in my head. I mean, there's so many ways to get to Kona, right. But for me, I wanted to, I, I just, I wanted that slot to be guaranteed to me. And Luckily, there were four slots in my age group, and um, yeah, so I, I took it, and and then Kona was number three. And wow, that, I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um, for some reason, I figured there was a whole list of Ironmans. Now, are there more more half Ironmans? Oh yeah, leading up to that. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. Again, I, I, so um, remembering back, so my first year, uh, I did four. I did four halves. So I did Oceanside. And then I did uh, Santa Cruz and uh, Vine Man when Vine Man was still mm -hmm. around. Yeah, I did the Aqua Bike up there. See, that's another beautiful location. I'm I'm a sucker for beautiful locations. You put you put uh, a race somewhere pretty, and I'm I'm almost guaranteed to be there. Oh, that river's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, uh, and then I, you know, this is funny because um, there was Silverman and there was Tahoe. Um, I think the same weekend. It was either the same weekend or back to back weekends that year. And I was like, ah, I, I think Tahoe's going to survive. I keep hearing rumors Silverman's going to get canned. 
let me go experience Silverman. Um, and that was the one that's out in, um, in Las Vegas, right. And, uh, you saw yeah. like Mead and, it, um, that was a, supposed to be a really tough race. If I remember, a, right. It's a very challenging course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Lots of climbing, big wins. Um, I can't count the number of ambulances that I saw, um, picking riders off the side of the road that were just getting oh. blown off the road. Wow. Um, that was, that was crazy. And that was, again, I think that was my, my third race at the time. So, um, I was like, Whoa, this is really intense. Like, I don't, I don't know what I got myself into out here. Um, but yes, but Silverman was a full distance. No, it was, that was a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then they end up killing, killing both the, those races. So I never got a chance to race Tahoe, which I was really bummed about, but, um, that year was the final year for both those events. So, um, I guess I, you know, I, I chose what I chose. Um, and that was it. So, yeah, there was another one out there and, uh, what was it in uh, Vegas it was in Arizona called Red Rock triathlon, but that mm. was probably pre both of you guys too. And it was a 70.3 length. Um, and that was actually my first 70.3 distance, um, race. It wasn't an Ironman race, but, uh, that one, that was one that when I came back, I was like, Oh, I want to look that race up and do that again. And that was one that disappeared as well. But now they have Ironman 70.3 there, which didn't used to exist. So, um, that Red Rock one was, a, yeah. that was a challenging course too. I hear, I heard like epic things about that, about that course, but yeah, it, 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 uh, was gone before my time before I started. So yeah. you predated us all. <laughs> that just means I'm older than all of you. Uh, I think I am probably older. When you, when you talked about it being 10 years, uh, it was a goal or it was 10 years ago. I was, I was going to call you out on. So if you did it at 35, then, uh, you're 45 at this point. Oh, right? no, 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 no. Or are uh, you 43 now? I, You're not in my age group. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm 41. Oh, you're tough. God, yeah. I got a lot of room then. Yeah. All right. Because I'm turning, uh, what am I turning? I think I'm turning 47 this year. So you're never going to be in my age group unless it's a 10-year age group. <laughs> yeah. But the, yeah. So for, for total halves, uh, to answer your question, 16 halves so far. Say half Ironmans. Wow. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I think I, I do the, I do a lot of running races, I think, uh, and more so just because I, I enjoy it, but also it helps keep my, my training honest. Uh, like I said, when I, before I did my first, um, uh, my first full, I wasn't really trained to run. And, and um, I, I, I was just kind of taking it for granted that I, I knew I can get through it. And that was, was good enough for me at the time. Um, but yeah, now I, I, I enjoy racing just half marathons is probably what, it, what I race the most. I think there's got to be I feel like you race plus. one every other weekend. <laughs> I was just going to say every weekend with this guy. Yeah, I mean, you're racing every weekend. Austin is doing a 30 mile run every Sunday or something. <laughs> it's just like, holy crap, the volume. Yeah. Something to do. So did you say 60 halves or 60 mar marathons? No, half? there's, yeah, the, I've done like over 60 halves. Uh, full marathons, wow. probably, um, I think... I'm still under 20. I think, I think I'm around like 18, 19, something like that. Um, yeah. well you just did Boston, right? Yes. Yes. So, um, did Boston this past year. That's my fourth. So yeah, luckily I, I BQ'd, BQ'd there again. So I'll be there again next year. Um, oh, nice. but yeah, I got seven, seven BQs in 18 marathons now. So like, yeah, I, I've, I'm got it. I think pretty much dialed in now to where I could, uh, BQ at will. So um, yeah, I think you're well under the, probably the qualifier. <laughs> I'm still working at it. You'll get uh, there. 
Now, as far as clubs, uh, you wear... Uh, a different race kit every race, right? <laughs> As an inside joke, if you follow Tony, you'd know that he wears the exact same thing every time he races. And what is Wolfpack? Uh, Wolfpack ball play sport essentially is a, we branched off of uh, another club. So when, when I first started, um, you know, one of the, the local uh, swimming holes here is, is Bayshore, right? And that's where all the clubs meet. And yep. um, we had we had met up with a group of people. And um, we've always had a, a bunch of, um, like, Filipino friends, right? Um, I'm Mexican, for the record. And um, Filipinos are kind of like the uh, the Mexicans of the Asian community, right? So um, <laughs> uh, our, our languages are, 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 you know, there's some, some carryover and words, um, you, you know, words in, in both languages kind of mean the same thing. So, um, yeah, just grew, grew up around a lot of Filipino groups. And, um, so ended up joining a Phil Am Tri, which oh, was yeah. a, a local tri club here. Um, and they were very inclusive. Like, even though it's Filipino American triathlon, uh, there's every, everything you can think of, uh, as, as part of that, uh, that group. And so, um, yeah, did, did my first, I think two, two or three years training with those guys and, uh, as I started to get more serious and wanted to get faster, uh, there were a few of us that would um, start to to train and, and we would um, try and create these training groups. And a lot of people weren't showing up whenever um, I would post or um, there was a Pauline Williams, which is, you know, she's, yeah. she's kind of known here in local uh, community and triathlon. And um, well, she's also associated with the uh, Filipina or the other tri club, right? I think yeah. I've seen her. Yeah. So yeah. she, she was a, an officer for Phil M tri and she was the uh, training coordinator. And um, so again, we would try and coordinate uh, like training runs, training rides. And I think people kind of started to, see that when that when they were coordinated by us they were going to be a little bit more challenging a little less chit chatty uh we weren't really uh, going to be stopping for bagels and coffee and stuff like that during our rides and uh, so people stopped showing up so it ended up just being like there are two or three of us every weekend for you know a while and finally we're like why don't we just break off and and create our own group here that's more focused on on being a little bit more competitive um and so the way we saw it was we were kind of training individually on our own, a bunch of lone wolves that came together to then train together. And so created a wolf pack. And, uh, so then we created wolf pack multi-sport and, um, kept it very close knit. There's probably 12 members total, if you want to call it that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a small, small group. People ask about it all the time because uh, obviously I, I wear it every race. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's really interesting. It. I never knew the background story. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, we get asked like, how, how do we join? What, you know, what, what's the fee or whatever? I'm like, yeah, it's really not like, it's just a small group of friends. We're pretty <laughs> Once close you've knit. earned it, we'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> you just start charging people. Don't see what happens. <laughs> start taking money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're now a member. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I even have people cause you know, obviously we, we all travel to race, uh, in our group quite a bit. Um, because we, again, we enjoy, we enjoy just going to different locations and, um, so people will come across like, Oh, do you have a Chicago chapter? Can, you know, can we help branch out? And it's like, eh, we're just trying to keep it small and local. And it's, 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 again, it's pretty close knit. We're, we're basically like family. So, 
I think we, we add, I think we're on average of, of adding a member every two years or so, right? That's, that's, that's about, that's about how fast we're growing right now. Yeah. Not quite like the OC endurance community where we'll just take anybody. <laughs> it's free, <laughs> but it's funny. You talk about, uh, training and, um, getting together and we talk about it kind of as the, you know, Steven Sujin and, and Austin even, you know, talk about how do you create group training Right or these meetups for a large group of people that are at a variety of levels, mm-hmm. right? And you want everybody to feel like they can show up, but at the same time, you have to really make it obvious that hey, we're meeting up here. We're gonna, you know, everybody gets to see each other and and kind of create that camaraderie. But at the end of it, when we start, you know, this isn't a, a non-drop ride, right? It's not a, if, you know, it's we're not all gonna wait. 30 minutes for everybody to catch up. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, you're here, you're self-supported, you're, you're, you know, if you can keep up and there's a small group within that group that trains together. Um, but yeah, trying to balance that and word that in a way that still seems inviting. Um, but, but you don't feel this need to, to wait for someone who's brand new per se. Right. Right. And, and we try to be nice. Like, um, like I, we all have, you know, our, our lighter days or aerobic days or things like that. And and so I'll be more conscious of including people at that time. Um, but yeah, I, I always say I have, I have a strict drop policy for my rides. So if you, uh, if you can join in, that's great. I'll, and it, I'll give you the route, uh, load it up in your map <laughs> if you don't know where you're going. Um, but yeah, but I, 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 I don't want to sacrifice my, my training, uh, for the, for the sake of keeping people together. If, if that's, if that sounds no. harsh, right? No, not at all. But um, not at all. Yeah. That's just the way I see it. Like there's so many sacrifices that we all make to, you know, spend time away from family. I mean, some of us have to have kids, right? You take time away from your kids. You're getting up early. You're annoying the wife. Yeah. And, and so when I get out there, I want to make that meaningful, that time away from my family, because um, again, it's for, for me, it's a sacrifice. And so, um, you know, when I, when I think about, again, performing on race day, it's a lead up of, of all those sacrifices that we've all made away from friends, family events, you know, not going out, you know, turning down invites to dinners and whatever else it may be, uh, because of the sport. And, and so it makes those races more meaningful and, and it makes, uh, the accomplishments feel that much, uh, better, um, because of all the sacrifices that we made. So, yeah. So I, I try and really stay away from like the, uh, the chit chat rides, the, the bagel rides and, and things like that. But, um, there's time and place for it. Right. Like, again, yeah. um, if, if there's yeah. going to be a light week or a, a light ride, I'll, I'll, I, I definitely enjoy the, the company and, and, and the camaraderie of it. Um, but when it's time to work, I want to work. Yeah. And I think that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to say, Hey, we're all going to meet here, right? We're all going to meet at Riverdale or we're all going to meet wherever it is and, and give people the opportunity to meet each other but not necessarily uh, with the expectation that it's going to be a big group uh, coffee ride or, you know, the the slowest person is going to set the pace for the whole group. So yeah, it's just been interesting trying to grow this community, but balance, balance those things. Right. Because at the end of the day, and I've been, you know, I've been talking to the group about it, that I've been injured for a really long time. So um, none of that really matters. I'm not pushing any hard paces. I'm, I'm barely getting back to, to walking without hurting. So, um, social has been fine for me, but come hopefully four or five weeks from now, uh, I'll be back and it will be, um, you know, serious. So it will be, Hey, show up, meet everyone. And yeah, then, then we're doing our thing and, and getting, 
get into it. So for sure. And that's why I enjoy track so much. Cause even, um, you can get yeah. so many different yeah. levels together and nobody's more, <clears throat> nobody's more than 200 meters away from each other. Right. That's why I would yeah. say and, no tracks. Great. And, and it, it creates a rabbit effect. Everybody's pushing harder because you can see that next person ahead of you or, or coming up behind you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no track, track workouts. So it's funny because for the longest time I trained alone, um, until, uh, honestly, until I met Sujin and, and I met her at masters. So I didn't train alone. I, you know, I swam with the masters team, but then she's like, you should come to the run club. And, you know, she's getting me to come to snails and it's like, nah, I do, I do all my training at four 30 in the morning. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't train with anyone. And, um, you know, and then slowly, all of a sudden, you know, I start showing up to some group runs and, you know, before I was injured, uh, a track practice. But the problem I have is my kids have sports every single night of the week, it feels like. So um, doing anything in the evening is tough. But all of a sudden, then I go from not training with anyone to being, hey, we should start a community and we should all hang out. <laughs> it's like, man. You're that guy now. Yeah, exactly. 180 degrees. Just total, total change. So, well, before I turn it over to Austin. I wanted to ask Tony one more thing. Uh, obviously you've come from a long way. Um, you know, you're a runner, but you've come a long way in training. Are you a coached athlete or self coached? So, um, that's an interesting uh, question uh, with a, a little bit of a vague answer, but, um, <laughs> so I, I pretty much self coached, uh, throughout when I made the decision to, um, to go after, uh, the KQ and, and signing up for Alaska. Um, I have a, a good friend, uh, John, John Yance, right. And, um, he's, he's a coach for, uh, area three endurance. And I feel like I have the half distance pretty well dialed in, right? Like I can, I can nail that on, on every, any given day. I feel good about my training. Um, but obviously I, I wasn't really racing fools. Um, and I really wanted to uh, build the bike and um, and bulletproof the legs for the run, so I could still run my my ability after a hard bike. And so um, I sat down with him. I let him know my goals, my plans, and um, so he agreed to basically write my my bike plan. Hmm. Um, and so he controls my my cycling, and I have free reign on on everything else. And so <laughs> um, we we communicate. Uh, pretty regularly and and um he's you know he, he basically obviously coached me through through alaska uh up through kona um and it's worked out so well that we've just continued that relationship and um and so yeah he, he continues to uh to write my my bike plan and um leave the rest to me so that's cool. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to have John on at some point. Cause, uh, you mm -hmm. know, I, I see what he's doing Well, he's become really active in our community, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. Having someone who is a coach and, you know, having, having those high level figures like you guys as well that are in there. Um, it's nice just to have people, um, kind of leading and, you know, having people to, to look, look up towards, but I think John would be great because I think seeing what he does with, uh, kind of the science and the testing side and all of that, that really interests me, mm -hmm. um, and what he's doing, um, with area three. So we're going to give him a shout out and get him yeah, on. Yeah, definitely point. a wealth of knowledge, um, in, in, in the triathlon community. And he's, uh, he's gotten a few people now, I think to, uh, to kind of qualify. Right. So, um, knows yeah. what he's doing and, but he, he's very, God, I, th I think just think he's so well versed that, you know, he, he can, um, he works with a lot of uh, beginner triathletes and then obviously and all the way up to people that want to be competitive to the highest level and try and 
go, go for world champs. So, well, yeah. I'm sure he'll be one of the many listeners to this podcast. So we'll just give him an open invitation when he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to tell him we talked about him on the show. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make him listen to the whole thing. All right, Austin, let's hear a little bit about you. Uh, you're another surprising one with the level of performance. And, you know, I know some of your background, where you came from, but, um, and the volume you put in. But to know that you haven't, you, you did just a couple of races in, you know, half Ironman, Ironman, it's pretty surprising at the level that you're uh, performing at. So, yeah, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, um, I only have, two halves under my belt and, uh, two fulls, um, a couple handfuls of standalone marathons, um, some ultras, stuff like that. Um, but I, I didn't grow up doing this sport. I was always in contact sports, um, football, lacrosse, play lacrosse in college. Um, and, uh, maybe about, I want to say in about 2016, I was, uh, much larger than you guys know me now. I don't think I've actually ever shared a picture um, of what I look like previously. I might have seen um, one so on your wife's Instagram though. When, uh, when okay. she recently okay. followed me and I followed her, <laughs> I scrolled back and I saw that, uh, yeah, you were, you were bigger. Uh, yeah, there's a word that I, I won't say just, uh, you know, in case that gets us um, dinged or anything, but uh, <laughs> I was overweight. <laughs> Um, and I'm not afraid to say it. I mean, it it is what it is. Uh, I don't, I don't find any need to sugarcoat that. Um, but I, I I would about 2016, I went after I was done with college, done playing college lacrosse. Um, I stopped being active. Um, you know, even I was doing some power lifting and things like that. Um, like heavy weights, I mean, 700 pound deadlifts over 500 pound squats, stuff like that. Um, stuff today that if I even tried to step underneath that weight, I'd, I'd crumble. Um, and I don't know what I was thinking. It's, it, you know, back then it seemed like a good idea. Now it just seems so stupid. Um, but yeah, I was about 270 pounds, maybe a little bit heavier, super long hair. Um, I probably couldn't run a 5k if I wanted to. Um, and then just was sort of in a quarter life crisis. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I had a degree, but, um, I was kind of working a meaningless job. And my wife actually was kind of like giving me a reality check, like, Hey, I think it's probably time to, you know, lose some weight. And, you know, when your spouse says that to you, then you're like, okay, well, they're, they're not kidding around. Like I should, I should probably, uh, do something. So, um, just started with, you know, basic diet and portion control and things like that. Um, maybe down, I don't, I actually don't weigh myself. Um, if I were to guess I'm somewhere around 190. um, that's just an educated guess. I have no idea. Um, and you know, I was running a little bit, I was still lifting, I was, but just for aesthetics and things like that. And, um, about 20, 2018, early 2018, um, actually took a trip to Kona, uh, just with some family and stuff. And at that time I was running maybe five to seven miles. And I thought that was, uh, it's like a marathon, right? That's so far. Um, and, uh, I was out on a run one morning, um, and at the time I had been reading, uh, David Goggins book, can't hurt me and heard him talking about an Ironman. And, you know, I remember watching it on ABC when I was young with like my dad and stuff, you'd see, um, I forget the, the two women's names, but they'd always show that clip of them crawling across the finish line. And you're like, that's wild, you know, and never had any idea what the distance was, but I'd hear all these people talk about it. And 
I'm finishing or I'm getting about halfway through my run and get down to the pier area of Kona and then kind of turn and I look up and the street sign that's there that says start and finish line of the Ironman World Championships. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool, you know, and kind of thinking about what I've been reading about and these sorts of things. And all right, so I head back to where we were staying and I get inside and I uh, turn to my, uh, I don't even think she was my fiance at the time, but my girlfriend. And I was like, hey, I think I'm going to do an Ironman. She's like, uh, okay, like go for it no idea what the distances are. I didn't have any idea what the order was. You know, I, I just, I knew it was three sports and I'll figure it out. So, uh, we got back from that vacation, signed up for Ironman Texas. And then from there it was buying a bike, which I didn't have starting to run, starting to swim again. I, I grew up in the water surfing and stuff like that, but swimming is a totally different thing. Um, so started training with that, no coaching, just, just volume, 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 trying to figure it out. And, in my head, it was just get across the finish line, whichever way you could. And then, um, that race was supposed to happen in April of 2020, if I'm right. Yep. April of 2020, April 23rd, 2020. Um, and then we all know what happened and that got postponed and they go, ah, oh, just six months. <laughs> okay. I wasn't, I was like, all right, in my head, I'm, that's fine. That's more time to train. That's, that's good for me. And then that rolls around and they postpone it six months again and then six months again. So three times that I'm getting super depressed at this time. I just, I just want to race and, you know, we're all at a super low and, um, but finally, you know, the, the day finally came and super nervous. I don't like, I don't know if you guys remember your first time racing since, uh, what'd you say? Oh, seven, Chris. Yeah. I think I was graduating high school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <man>. but, <laughs> yeah. 2007 <laughs> when, when Coeur d'Alene was, before Coeur d'Alene was canceled, when it was a full all the time is when I did, uh, yeah, Coeur yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I showed up with no idea what I was doing. I think at that time I had run one full marathon, like a sanctioned marathon. I'd done, you know, longer runs and things like that, um, before, but that was the only actual race I had done. And this was, I was intended to do the Ironman as my first sanctioned race ever, um, was the idea, but Luckily, after postponements, the marathon ended up being before the Ironman. So I had a little idea of, you know, aid stations and even just signing up or walking up to registration. And that was all new to me and kind of, it was a pretty daunting task, but, you know, you show up and I've got, you know, a pretty decent bike, but I don't have race wheels. I've got a regular helmet. I'm doing all the newbie things that, you know, we've all done and, and you see all these expensive bikes and these people have all this gear. And I'm just like, what the hell am I doing? Like I'm, I am so out of my league right now. So, um, you know, the, the day of the race, I was super nervous because at this time I'd never done that distance wondering if you can do that distance. Um, but then the gun goes off and you just, you just race and you just rely on your training and you know, everything went well. I think, um, I think overall I finished 11, 21, somewhere around there. Um, and I think I ran like a 340 something, which was, was pretty good for me. I think in that marathon previous, I'd done like 319 standalone. So, um, pretty pleased with it. And I think I thought in the back of my head, this is a bucket list item. And then from there it was just hooked and I'm signing up for races left and right. I can't wait for the next one. I'm ready to get back into training. And, um, yeah, so that's where the journey started. And then now it's, you know, marathons every chance I get. If I can, you know, afford to do more races for like full Ironmans, I'd do them, but it's an expensive sport as we all know. Um, 
but yeah, just falling in love with it. And it's been great to, you know, connect with the community. It's, this is really fantastic for me because I don't have friends that, that do these sports. Um, I don't know anybody that runs, swims, bikes, anything like that. So it's been really, really great for me to, to meet everybody. I mean, you both and Sujan and Stevie, and I, you know, met Josh who lives down the street from me. I had no idea. Um, you know, and having, um, quote unquote training partners or people to train with has been really great. And, and, and the fact that we're just kind of growing that and being all inclusive is what brought me here and what keeps me here for sure. You know? Yeah. That's great. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, uh, I was, I didn't know your, your whole background, but we swam the other day. Mm -hmm. You, you talked to Tony about Bayshore. Well, on uh, Sunday we all swam Bayshore and you, you were running, I believe, or, or you got there a little late, right? So, so we took out, took off and, and one of our swimmers, she's a, um, a very, very good swimmer. And, um, she, so I'm just trying with everything I can to, to try and keep up with her. And, uh, on the way back, I look over, I could feel somebody was swimming next to me. Um, and I'm thinking who's swimming up next to me at that point. And it's you, I turn and I'm like, Oh crap. It, you know, I'm like, he just got in. There's no way he's swimming this fast. <laughs> but, uh, you've got, you, you're a good swimmer. I was, uh, you know, we did two laps out there and on that second lap back, uh, uh, I was, I was working hard to stay on your feet. So I was impressed with uh, your uh, swim. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like you were saying, Shay was putting down a pace that I don't think any of us could hang on to. So after a while, I think we were okay to just fall back and swim how we can swim. But yeah, I appreciate that. It's, uh, I, I've started to enjoy this swim a lot more. Um, you know, it's, it's a very peaceful thing, um, where the bike can be kind of chaotic and same with the run and the swim can just be relaxing and learning how to not muscle everything and, you know, feel the water, those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, it's come, it's come along pretty well for, for me and I'm, I'm pleased with it. So can't complain. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You mentioned nerves yeah. and it's funny because, you know, I've been racing triathlon since 2005, right? I took a huge break and started doing ultras and stuff like that. But to this day, even still that like 10 minutes leading up to the race start, the mm. nerves, it, it never goes away for me, whether it's a 5k, it's, you know, whatever it is, those nerves are always there. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I mean, Tony, you're crushing races left and right. So, but are mm. those nerves still there for you and those 10 minutes prior? I mean, I've gotten a lot better at controlling them, but there's still that urge to go to the porta potty like every five minutes, right? It, it's there <laughs> no matter how many times I go. Yeah, I, I think for for running races, not so much, um, and maybe that's just because it's, there's such a comfort there for me, um, and I I feel like I'm in control um, with that. For triathlon, yeah, I'm I'm always anxious. Um, I, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not the greatest swimmer, um, so that always just drives me crazy uh, of knowing I'm going to give up time and and thinking how I'm going to have to battle back strategically during the course of the day. Um, and then on the bike, it's always just don't get mechanical, don't get flat, don't get mechanical, don't get flat. Right. Like, <laughs> cause you're not, you're not really in total control of your day. Like right. it, there is a certain amount of, of luck, um, that you need to rely on to get through that bike portion. Um, which that's one of the things I hate. I, that's one of my pet peeves really is when people 
uh, you know, you have a race and somebody says, oh, you know, good luck. And it's, it's, the, minus, it's the nicest thing. They mean well, right? right and I understand right. where they're coming from. But I always feel my, my response is always luck is for the unprepared. I don't need luck. <laughs> yeah. I'm just relying on my my training and my ability. Right. Right. Like, right. But but with with triathlon, there definitely is a a a, um, a portion of luck that you need on, on that bike because 100 percent. Yeah. Getting um, a flat, right. It's just uncontrollable. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I flatted in Alaska. Right. And, um, mm. you know, and that was, uh, that was unnerving for me because obviously there was so much behind that race and, and really wanting to perform well. So I'd never flatted during a race previously. And that was that's the only time I flatted during a race, um, quite coincidentally. And, um, yeah. And so trying to get through that. And so did and, you change um, it? You know, no help, no support. You changed it. I, I changed it and my fingers were so numb. Um, it, <laughs> it took me, yeah, it took me about cut eight and a half minutes to, to, you know, change it all out and get moving again. And of course, as I'm about to start rolling, that's when, uh, you know, a neutral support rolls up and asks if I need any help or, and I'm like, I was like, you can throw me a CO2 if you have an extra one. That's about all I need at this point, just in case, you know, it happens again. But, you know, like. Wow. And yeah, you still no, qualified, I, I, I my, which is impressive. Yeah, but I had, had a terrible bike. But, you know, <laughs> I think it helped. I think that actually helped my run, right? Because mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, ended up, I mean, I ended up running through the field pretty pretty well to, to, to secure that spot. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I ran like a, like a 317, 318, something like that. That's awesome. But the bike was wow. terrible. So, like. It is what it is. Yeah. Losing one and, and, and get it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those nerves are, uh, I, again, I haven't raced nearly as much, but even like, like you said, Chris, a, a 5k or a 10k, like you're like, yeah, I don't feel it leading up. And then you get there and you're in the corrals or you're lined up and you're like, Oh, like some of these people look mean business. And I don't know if that's the competitive <laughs> side of me that takes over. I'm like, Oh, I, I got to get ready and go, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but that's the exciting part about it. I think that's what draws us is those nerves and feeling uncomfortable and unsure about what's going to actually happen. Yeah. You know, one of the things I I constantly, I still struggle with, right. Is you show up to race and you're immediately judging every book by the cover. Right. And (laughs) after that gun goes off, none of that means anything. Right. Because you, you will be blown away by who does what and who doesn't do what. And (laughs) it's just something that uh, I always have to remind myself that, you know, Mm -hmm you don't know anything about these people you don't you know that may look super fit and uh you know may walk the run right you just you don't know so yeah uh, that, that's always something i have to tell myself is not well that, yeah that, i mean i, I s- uh, go ahead Tony. i was gonna say just for running races it's a little easier because at the front you just look and the shorter the shorts the faster the runner right? so it's like 100 <laughs> <laughs> exactly if they're shirtless oh man watch out oh come on <laughs> Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. It's the, you see those, you know, you see those people with their bikes, their $12,000, $15,000 bikes and you're, this guy's going to be flying. And then I don't know, mile 70, you're just blowing by them and then you get on the run. And if it's a looped run, you see him walking you're like, well, okay, well, I guess you can't buy speed always, but you know, that's, <laughs> that's fun. You know, if you got the money, go for it. Yeah. Well, I would say that the, the super fast people don't always have the money, right? It's like the, it's mm-hmm. the, the guys that have all the money that are really enjoying the sport. They've got all the money to buy all the really cool stuff. Um, so it's, yeah. uh, 
you know, that's one of the jokes, right? You, you can always lose five pounds a lot easier than taking five pounds off your bike. <laughs> so, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, I guess I'll share a little bit about myself since I got you guys to share. Um, we, we know that 2005, when you guys were still, well, at least you were in uh, junior high, maybe Austin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I was at that point in my... Uh, probably mid twenties and had been working at my company for at least five or six years. Uh, I'm still there. The company I've been with for 25 years, but at that point, uh, we were a really small company, tons of hours. Uh, you know, I had an apartment and lived on fast food and I grew up swimming in, in high school, never ever ran. Um, just wasn't a thing that, uh, I, I would avoid. I would swim a mile before I would run a mile. Um, so I just never was a runner. And, um, yeah, 2005 at some point got a gym membership and started doing spin classes and really enjoyed that. And then I would get off the bike and go hit the treadmill for, uh, you know, 15 minutes or whatever, and then, then do weights and, uh, met a guy and, you know, he's like, yeah, you're doing a couple of the sports, you know, I'd see him in every spin class. He's like, you should do a triathlon. And I had no idea what that was at that point. Um, but went home, searched it up and, uh, and that night, uh, signed up for the long beach triathlon was, uh, my very first, I don't even know if they have that triathlon anymore. Do they still have the long beach triathlon? No, it does not ring. That was one of those races. No. They've got the legacy one, right? That, that legacy one, they do like sprint and Olympic uh, now. Maybe, maybe that is it. And that's what it's yeah. turned into. Is that the same? Um, but, the yeah, there was a series that was all by the same producer. And I think maybe they went belly up at some point and all those races went away. Oh, okay. But anyway, so I signed up for that and, uh, luckily I did have a swimming background, so I was able to, to rely on that a little bit, but even at that point it had been um almost eight nine years um so yeah i did uh you know i remember it's so funny i remember racing that race and on the run the 5k um which it seems to be a theme at almost every triathlon i do at some point during that run i say i will never do this again this is why the hell do I do this over and over and over? And the only race I would say that that didn't come to mind was probably Oregon last year when I kind of had my breakthrough run um, and was smiling all the way until like the last three miles and then kind of realized I probably outran what I could run. But uh, <laughs> no, so yeah, I mean, I struggled with the run. Uh, you know, I did triathlon for a couple of years and then I, 2007 did Coeur d'Alene. Then kind of got the bug. 2008 did Lake Placid. Then 2009 Arizona. Um, and then again in 2011 was my very last one before my daughter was born. Um, and then yeah, once I my my kids were born, my first I realized no more five six hour bike rides on Saturday, and um, you know things just got busy. So I really at that point stepped away from triathlon. I got real heavy into CrossFit. And, uh, you know, to the point where I actually started the first paper CrossFit magazine back in, uh, 2011, I think it was. So, uh, through a GoFundMe, wow. um, uh, type thing, it wasn't GoFundMe. It was the, uh, oh gosh, Indiegogo? No, it was the very first one. Now I just lost the name of it. Oh, it'll hit me later. But anyways, started making these PDFs and putting them out there and, um, CrossFit hated me, but we was putting them out there. And like the third issue, there was 12,000 people downloading it. So I'm like, huh, let's do a crowd crowdsource thing. You know, it's just, that was just kind of taking off back then and, um, threw it up there and yeah, $35,000 later, it's like, all right, 
we have a thousand subscribers to a paper magazine. So, um, wow. yeah, so just kind of kicked off doing a magazine and did that for, it's funny. Uh, every year I had that magazine, my fitness got worse and worse and worse, just working a full-time job, <laughs> trying to run a magazine, you know, no real time to train, like get up in the morning and say, go to the gym or edit this magazine. Right. So I realized, um, I have to decide very carefully what I do because I'm pretty, um, I don't know, I guess OCD. Like if I get going or if I get going on something, it's like everything else is put off. Right. So I have to be very careful what I allow to myself to bring on my plate. Cause I will immediately absorb all my time with that. So, um, yeah, I did that for quite a long time. And then, uh, about, let's see, 2019, I got back into doing, 70.3s right before all the shutdown. Um, and then, um, so right before everything shut down, I did La Quinta, but then a few years prior to that, I started doing ultra running and I, I kind of told myself when I quit, when I quit doing triathlon, uh, when I, my first star was born, I was like, I'm not going back until I learn to run because yeah, every Ironman it's a 10 minute mile, right? Just dying mm. on the run the whole way through. It's like, you know, you know, if I'm ever going to go back, I'm going to spend a ton of time running. And I spent, uh, like a year running six, seven days a week, six miles a day, just long, slow, you know, just slow mileage started doing ultras did, um, uh, the beyond limits 72 hour. And, um, yeah, you know, that was a that was an experience. I ran 172 miles and or crawled, walked. You know, was not running <laughs> by any means. Um, but you know that it's funny. I got done with that and then met someone who was doing tri- uh, uh, Ironman and half Ironman, and, and it kind of got, I got the bug again. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do this, and I signed up uh, for La Quinta in 2019. So I got one in right before, you know, the shutdown happened the next year, but I, I, I trained maybe nine weeks for it, you know, after not swimming or biking for 10 years. Um, but what was so interesting is after spending all that time running really slow, but really long, um, all of a sudden I added speed work in and boom, I'm running six thirties and seven minute miles and, um, hitting all these PRs for my run. And I realized that I had never put in the real work required to kind of build a real running base, I think. And, you know, build a really good base before adding speed work in. Um, I never Mm -hmm. did any of that. I never trained with any sort of purpose, right? Every day it was just like, train like you're racing type thing. Right. And it was it, back then it was like, okay, I've got a three hour ride. You know, there was no programmed, uh, ride. There was no intervals. There was no focus, no power. It was just ride for three hours, run for 60 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. my training had no purpose other than completing these time blocks. So when I came back, I really learned a lot about training. I got a coach and I realized that almost every single day has a purpose right? And maybe that purpose is rest day. Maybe it is an easy day, but, um, most of the time there's a strategic purpose for this bike ride on the trainer, or you're doing intervals, you're doing, you know, high cadence work, whatever it is. Um, and I really changed my perspective on training where training before it was just, it would become this, uh, three hour ride or, you know, another run. But now every day there's something different. There's purpose behind it. And it, it's definitely way more engaging this time around. 
I think uh, it makes the training so much more interesting. I remember getting on a trainer and just dying sitting on a trainer. We didn't have Zwift back then, but I mean, you're, you're sitting on a trainer and you're just like, this is the most boring thing ever. And now, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at the clock. I've got 30 seconds, right? And then I've got a, you know, uh, another interval or whatever. And that if the time just goes by so much quicker now than it used to. So yeah, so that kind of, I came back. So before then I had done four Ironmans and now, um, I haven't counted up how many halves I've done, but I'm pretty much focused only on the half Ironman at this point. I figure maybe when I break into the 50 age group, so I'm about to be 40, 47, you know, a few more years, my kids will be a little bit older. They'll be uh, getting into probably getting close to high school and stuff like that. They won't, they won't need me as much. I might be able to sneak away for some longer bike rides, but, um, yeah. So my goal in 2019, after I did La Quinta, um, on eight, nine weeks training is I, I did a five Oh four, I think. And I never imagined, you know, at the, I think my fastest half or full was 11, something a high 11. And I never imagined, you know, when I looked at the results, I'm like, Hey, these guys qualified at a four thirty, right. For worlds at the, it was like, I can shave a half hour maybe, right? I'm still trying to shave that half hour, but it just seemed so much more doable <laughs> then. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that really got me back on the path. And uh, yeah, I did Oregon last year and they were a roll down spot. So I do understand where you're coming from, Tony. You don't want a roll down spot, but I did get a road, roll down mm -hmm. spot to uh, to Worlds. And uh, it was amazing. I'll take the roll down spot, but uh, <laughs> the goal now has changed, right? It's not just uh, qualify. It's it's get in that for me, it's try and get in that top five, right? Regardless of how many spots mm -hmm. are, if there's only one spot, I don't care about that as much as I want to get in that top five. So that's kind of my new 70.3 goal. I say that same, that same thing where, you know, I, I don't want to roll down spot. I want to earn it, but I think if I was there and they're like, Hey, here's a Kona slot, I'd probably take it. <laughs> Maybe not a Nice spot, you know, but a Kona spot. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, no, I'm not going to Nice. It's Kona or yep. nothing. That's, it's still a world championship, but I just, there's no luster to it there. Yeah. You know I mean, I mean, Tony, so. we're going to put you on the spot since you have qualified and you've raced it. What's your interest level in, in Nice? Um, hey. You know, again, like you, you put a race in a pretty place, right? I mean, and I'm almost guaranteed to be there. Um, I Nice is always always on my list to, as a, as a race I wanted to do at some point. Um, I don't like the fact that they moved the world championship there. I will say that. Uh, but would I go there for a world championship? That's a tough one. Uh, I, I'd, I'd say probably. I, I would never try and qualify during a year that they're going to have it in, it in a non-coney year i'll i'll say that right, right? so um yeah no if, if i was going for it again it, it would be definitely to, to try and get get back to the island um do you think that that'll make I it really harder have, possibly because people I, almost I start so. to schedule their training or their you know their iron man yep. goals based on what year it's going to be in kona so now your competitors it, it goes up potentially right it's oversaturated that that field's going to be super competitive yep most definitely and and even what a lot of guys were doing too or or you know there's so many different ways to try and like cherry pick your race but you know do a race right like right after kona right that's what a lot of people would do mm -hmm. imas and try and qualify there because so many people that had already qualified were now either 
uh, you know, tired, still recovering, obviously not going to be at their peak, um, or just financially, they're not going to be able to do Kona back to back years. And so, you know, you can try and try and snag a slot somewhere else, but with it being every other year, you can, you can have people essentially just make that as, as their, their, their a peak race yeah. every year. Um, now granted, there's going to be more slots because with individual days, individual athletes i mean you've essentially doubled the, the amount of slots that are available uh for the men now in, in kona um so yeah that's interesting i i but but i still think it's going to be very very competitive on on the, mm-hmm. the male side um to, to get to kona and obviously on the women just the um i, I almost feel bad i understand that you know you want the equality in the sport um but when you look at a race and you know Typically, at an Ironman, it's twenty percent female, twenty five percent female, seventy five percent male. Um, but they're getting, you know, they get half the slots. Um, and then you have women for try, which is is a great program to really try and get women in, included into the into triathlon into the sport. Um, but now they're giving away those slots as well. So you have uh, some of these events where, you know, if you if you just do the math, um, uh, I think they just did it for Texas. If you entered in, in Texas. Uh, I think the males had like a 13%. Uh, wasn't it? I, I, I don't want, I don't want to misquote this now, but they had, they, it was a very small percentage chance of, of getting a quota or a, right, a world championship right. slot. And the women, it's like, if you enter it, basically, if you started, if you started the race, you had a 66% yeah. chance of getting a, a world championship slot. Right. Um, so it's, you know, from a competitive female standpoint, even I think they would be upset or a little taken aback by man. Now that now Ironman is just kind of giving this off the way. It's kind of taking away that luster of me qualifying, right? Um, and and that I think it makes it tough from that perspective. It's going to be really interesting next year. The women in Nice because they're having such time tough time even trying to yeah, fill definitely. this men's race in Nice. How are they going to try and fill the women's race in Nice? That's going to be real. I'm, I'm really yeah. curious to see how this ends yeah. up next I year. I wish they had taken it yeah. and did whatever it was, even if it had to be months apart, right? To keep both there. Um, I'd be curious what your perspective, because I've thought a lot about it. And I almost, on the other hand, not that I'm qualifying for Kona anytime soon, but I wish they kept the pro race period in Kona. Have the men mm. and the women, yeah. pros, race pro Kona at the, the, the same day or the day before or whatever, even same day that you're having the mm-hmm. male or female race there. That is where the pro race is always at. And then if they needed to alternate the, the age group race, I mean, yes, age groupers still want to go to Kona, but I, I still feel like it would be really cool if the, if the pro race was always there. I don't know what your guys perspective on that. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on this one. Um, I, I, I love obviously the history of it and, it like it sucks this year because you have Jan finally back, finally healthy, and right. if this is his final year, he doesn't get a chance to race Cohen in his final year. So, um, from that aspect, I'm 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 really bummed about that, and um, and I'm sure there'll be more situations that come up in the future, kind of along these same lines. Um, but Kona is such a a specific type of race and climate that it really benefits a certain type of racer. Um, and, and so if you move it and you, you know, to different locations, you, you may end up with different, with different mm-hmm. winners, even if, you know, again, if it was the same mm-hmm. year, just based on body type and build and strengths and weaknesses. Right. So like, yeah. um, 
it's 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 really curious to to hear the the back and forth uh, arguments uh, one way or the other um, uh, on that aspect. But I, I think I think most pros would again lean towards keeping it in Kona because that's that's where the history is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's such a buildup about around 100%. that race, right? Just everything around that race. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited I, again. I'm I'm going back in what like two and a half weeks now uh, for that for the half up in um, up in, in Kona, and um, I'm excited just to get back to the island. I remember yeah. I just just flying in and landing. Um, just this feeling that kind of comes over you of it's, it's almost like just, it's, it's hollow ground, right? Like it's, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to do that race. I've got a buddy, Robert, <laughs> he's part of our uh, community and he, he's done that race so many times. It's like the one race he does every year oh. and, and he's been on me to, to do it. And, uh, I haven't. So, uh, you know, it'd be, I think just to experience racing in those conditions, um, would be mm-hmm. really eye opening. So, uh, yeah, I need to do it. It, yeah. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, like it's different, right? I mean, like people are like, Oh, it's just lava fields. It, yeah. <laughs> yes. And no. Right. I mean, like each, each lava flow, if you think about it, like each lava flow is, is unique, right? It's like a snowflake. Mm-hmm. And so yes, it's lava, but it's, it's still beautiful in its own way. Um, hundred percent. And, yeah. and it's something that was, it's going to be different, you know, basically, Every, every year, every time you look at it or every time you, you, you go. Um, and again, it's just, there's something spiritual about that Island. It's just, it's, it's amazing to be a part of. It's, it's amazing to, to race and kind of give your all on that Island. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad I got to experience it in the way I did. I'm glad, you know, I, I did it the, the last year where at this point, the last year where you had males and, and females kind of racing yeah, together. Pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think that's, that's cool. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm kind of disappointed in what Ironman has decided to do. I kind of, you know, you, you understand why they had to do it. Um, they, see, I don't even like saying that they didn't have to do it. They could have, <laughs> they could have kept the number yeah, of slots keep it lower, right? the way they were. And yeah, yeah they, got, they got greedy. And yeah, so it is, it is a, a bit of a money grab. I, I will say that. Um, and so it, it's frustrating from that perspective, but, uh, yeah. So, so for me, I, I would never try and to get back to this original question, I would never try and qualify on a non code yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Although I did, when I saw all those spots being handed out, I was like, Hmm, maybe I should do an Ironman. <laughs> right. Yeah. But this isn't the year for me either because, uh, you know, I'm qualified for Finland and I'm not going to Finland just due to being injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, I alluded to that. I didn't really talk about it, but yeah, I had, uh, my pubic bones were hitting, uh, smashing together after being, uh, 46 years old and who knows why either just a dysfunction, uh, mechanical failure. But, uh, so about six maybe seven weeks ago, I had uh, surgery to endoscopic surgery to shave down the pubic bones and cut all the bad tissue out. And then while running that way for a year, I tore my ab, my right ab off the pubic bone or pubic plate. So I've had that re-sewn back on. So I've got four weeks from tomorrow. So June 13th, I think is when I'm officially allowed to start running. Um, but, uh, I was extremely frustrated this morning cause I took like three days off of training. Just, it was super busy. We had volleyball tournaments. We had mother's day. I did swim. So I, I don't really consider swim training, but I wasn't cycling or, or anything like that. And uh, I didn't walk cause I've been walking between five and 10 miles a day. And I took like three days off 
And I took the dog on a half hour walk this morning and I could barely get out of bed when I got up this morning. It was like, oh my God, I'm so <laughs> sore. My hip flexor and my soleus, all of that. And it was just so frustrating to be like, I'm four weeks away from running and I did a half hour walk last night and I'm just in so much pain. So it's hard to imagine in four weeks from now, I'll be ready to run, but uh, we'll see. Right. Doing all the PT and uh, all the, the massage therapy and all that stuff. So hopefully, hopefully magically, all of a sudden it just starts feeling better. It's like yeah, riding a I bike. So. Well, I did. I told Tony today I bought a uh, lever uh, system for the treadmill. So oh, nice. Uh, when I start back, I think I'm going to nice. be running only in that for quite a while. I'm going to max that thing out and take, I think it says 45 pounds you can take off of it. So I will be running, uh, with 45 pounds less weight just to start. So, uh, I mean, I'm chomping at the bit to get back (laughs) to get back to running. So I'm ready. I mean, it, it it sucks that that, you know, the surgery took you out of Finland, right? I mean, I could still go, right. And I could, I could finish the race, but to, to drop that kind of money to go. And I mean, I've got Oregon. Uh, I was going to ask you guys uh, go around, but uh, my next race is in Oregon, which is in July. So I'll only have like five weeks of running under my belt when I can start running, but I'm going to Oregon just cause I love it there. I love the drive up there. I love the, the town and just the experience. Uh, it's a beautiful race. So I'm doing that one regardless of whether I walk the run or, or whatever happens. Um, but then my next focus is Ironman 70.3 Arizona. And I'm hoping I can come back and, and be uh, somewhat back. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's hard to imagine that at this moment. But um, that's, that's really my A race focus for the year is, uh, is uh, Arizona. I deferred Oceanside to La Quinta. So at this point now I'm doing La Quinta again. Get to freeze my butt off in that that lake. So, um, yeah, but that's, that's, that's what I have left now. How about you, Austin? What do you, what do you have on the calendar? Um, a couple marathons and things lined up, but the next a race is uh, Ironman Arizona full, um, which is, yeah. uh, like mid November. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Tony? Yeah. So already ramping cool. up and getting ready. Uh, yeah, I got Hawaii here coming up in, uh, in three weeks. That's the, the next one. Um, yeah, now see, they do offer championship slots for that. So, you know, <laughs> is that a, is that a fin? Oh, wait, or they, that one is for the full. So they're offering full. Oh yeah. It's I forgot. The they always do it that would, at the Hawaii. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah. So it, it would be yeah. an e-slot. Um, I don't know. How, see, again, you, you just asked that question and I'm like, I don't know how I'd feel about it. Um, if I just happened to, to get a slot there. That would be interesting. You don't you don't need to qualify at that race. They're handing those things out, man. So <laughs> you're qualifying. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Guarantee it. Well, that's the thing. It's like there's I think there's only like one per age group. You basically have to win your age group, I think, in, in order mm. to, to kind of guarantee that. Um now again, we'll we'll okay. roll. Um yeah. we'll we'll see. Um but then oh uh, Austin doesn't know this yet, but um I, I did jump back into Finland. So I'm I'm shortening the oh. I'm shortening the trip. Um, and I found some, some, uh, some better flights, some direct flights at LAX. And so okay. I'm going to do a, a quick turnaround trip, uh, talk to Chris. I should get what you're and, doing uh, because so I'm, uh, I'm back in Finland. Uh, I, I shouldn't do the race, but then I hear you're like, Oh, I found cheaper flights. Or I found cheaper flights. <laughs> like, well, maybe I will go to Finland. I haven't, I mean, if I'm going to lose the spot, I might as well use the spot, but <sighs> 
Yeah. I mean, like I just started seeing people post, you know, more about it. And like, I remember how excited I was when I, um, when I qualified and I got that slot, you know, and you, you don't get your coin until you I actually know, show up and pick it up. Right. So I'm like, ah, you know, so I got to fly out there. And now now I want to go. Now I want to go do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I walk yeah. it. <laughs> well, I guess I can make that decision last minute. See how, uh, see how Oregon goes. If Oregon is a disaster on the run, then I don't know if I'm going to fly all the way to Finland to walk a half marathon. <laughs> it's a yeah, long way true. to go. Oh. That's super exciting though. That's great. I, yeah. I just, again, I didn't want to have FOMO and, and, you know, is being, yeah. Totally. Totally. I want to talk more about it. I'm, I'm going online tonight over here. <laughs> Kayak, <laughs> kayak.com. Yeah, right. And find a ticket. So, well, cool. <clears throat> but yeah, so then I have that. Yeah. And then um, I'm still undecided. I, I want I want to at least do three, uh, 10.3s a, a <laughs> year. The dog. One oh, of our dogs is. had to bark. It was yours, Austin. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm thinking to finish off the year, it's either going to be Santa Cruz or, or Cabo, most likely, nice. uh, one of those two. Um, I still do have two marathons left for the year at uh, Chicago and, uh, and CIM. So, and then there's some other stuff sprinkled in there, of course, because, you know, got to, got to yeah, train, got to run a half marathon. So every might as well race. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, where can people, if they are interested that the couple of people that listen to this, where can they find us on social media where they can find you, Tony? Ooh, I'm quiet for the most part, except on, um, IG and on IG, I am just underscore, uh, big bad wolf um underscore 82 so it's underscore big underscore bad underscore wolf underscore 82 so and 82 is the uh the year i was born and the year chris graduated high school 94 94 (laughs) (laughs) i was born in 76 i am still six years old that sucks i'm the oldest guy here all right austin where can people find you it's i'll try to squeeze this out can you guys hear me still okay um before uh my dog starts barking again um i'm 714 endurance on uh instagram i think it's really the only social media i use i don't i don't tiktok or anything like, TikTok like that guy. um and then oh god and then just uh active on uh, the discord so if people are in there um that's always a great way to connect and you know ask questions and stuff and uh cool. um, yeah, that's All right. it for me. Well, I am uh, CJ Media on uh, CJAYE Media on uh, Instagram and on YouTube. I do a few things on YouTube here and there. So I need to get back to making videos. I haven't made any videos in a while, but uh, yeah. maybe start a podcast. Maybe I'll even find some motivation to make some videos. So we will see what happens. But thanks, guys, for joining me. Hopefully, you guys had a good time and hopefully, people found something, some interest in this. And we uh, will be having some guests on in the future. So. Thank you very much, Tony, Austin. Yeah, it's exciting. Awesome, guys. Yeah, this is great. Can't wait to do All it right, uh, we'll talk next to you guys week. On Discord in about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Have a good one.